MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. No Amal Shaw today. He's in Arizona this weekend. Pitch hitting. LeGron Orange, the rusty stop of VSIN. <laughs> My friend, Wes Reynolds. Welcome in, Wes. Mike, good to be with you, man. Yeah, you're, Wes is terrific. Can talk about any sport. Any game, and we're going to test them out today and do just that. Thursday night football last night, we saw both quarterbacks have hand issues. Mm -hmm. A very strange game. 0-0 after the first quarter. Some poor special teams play, some odd plays, some busted coverages, double punts. Strange game. We saw nothing but Rams money here. Nothing but Rams. This game opened to pick two and a half, even went to three. Rams get the job done. They cover how seriously are the Seahawks in trouble right now? I think in very big trouble. And and I was part of that money on the Rams. And it's like, I know that this is the public side and, and it's getting loaded with money, but I just thought it was the right spot for them. I was like, okay, they got a dose of reality with Arizona last week. And, you know, because they had beaten Tampa Bay. It's like, we slayed our dragon. We proved we belong. And then Arizona was in that spot last week. It's like, we got to prove something. And they certainly did at SoFi Stadium last week. So I thought it was a good spot for the Rams. And it was a sloppy game. You're you're right about that. But if you look at what the Rams did, 476 yards, 7.1 yards a play. That's pretty darn good for a sloppy game. And, and that's why I do think Seattle is in trouble. I think that defense. They just give up a lot of big plays. They don't get to the quarterback. This is not the Legion of Boom that that I think people are used to, where Seattle kind of lives off their reputation, despite the fact that hardly any of those guys are in Seattle anymore. And now with Russell Wilson dinged up, we're see we're going to see what uh, 
that materializes there. Geno Smith had to take over. In that first drive, I thought Geno Smith was very good. And it was kind of like the mantra is let Russ cook. It's let Geno cook because he was absolutely doing it. And then, of course, he throws a late interception. Then he realized, well, he is still Geno Smith. And the Rams were able to close that out. Sean McVay turns heel on all the teaser backers and kicks that field goal to go up nine late. So uh, my timeline was very disappointed with that result. Let me ask you something about teasers, though. If this game is sitting at two and a half, are you are you supposed to tease it to eight and a half? Or do you take the six and a half and get it to nine? Right. You know, I mean, it's just a spot where, yeah, at two, at two and a half, people like to do six because of less juice, but I'd rather get the thing to nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. If you want to lay more juice, yeah. you can do six-and-a-half-point teasers and seven-point mm-hmm. teasers. Shop around, obviously, six yeah. is going to give you the regular VIG. But, yeah, that eight-and-a-half is kind of a weird number. And I know why everybody teases it up, and I'm one of those, where it's like, okay, you want to get it through that three and the seven. Like, there's a couple options this weekend. The Browns at the Chargers, for example, mm-hmm. I think is going to be a widely teased game, especially when the game is getting bet to the under. And I think that that gives a little bit more value to the underdog. But, you know, Rams get the win, 4-1. and one. I still think they're the favorite in the division, even though they're looking up at Arizona right now. But Seattle, I do think, is in big trouble. They couldn't run the ball last night. And when they tried to run the ball, I understand why Pete Carroll tried to run there and went for it on 4th and 2. I know everybody's like, take the points, take the points. I'm like, no, go for it. Just have the right play call. And, of course, they run right up the middle. And running at Aaron Donald is not a very good idea. Yeah, you got to at least let Russ get out there and give an option run pass. Right. I think if when you're gonna... you have one of the more mobile quarterbacks yeah. in the league, don't run it right at a future Hall of Famer. My partner, Amal Shaw, uh, after the trade to acquire Stafford, bet the Rams to win the NFC, to mm-hmm. make it to the Super Bowl. They're sitting at 4-1, and one, Russ, and here's their upcoming schedule. At Giants, home to Lions, at Texans, home to Titans, and then they go to uh, San Francisco before they get their bye week. They have a very good shot to be 8-1 and one going into No, the and, and <laughs> I followed them all. I, yeah. I actually bet them for the Super Bowl. They're my yeah. pick to represent the yeah. NFC. And now I think the schedule does get a little bit easier to what you're saying. I think Matthew Stafford, I know that was a bad interception to Diggs in the corner. It's like Diggs ran a really nice corner out. It seemed like he was throwing it right to him. It's like only the problem is he's wearing those uh, lime green uh, color rush jerseys and not a white jersey last night. Uh, Wes, let's take a look at the other matchup in the NFC West. Two consecutive weeks where they're playing interdivision games. The 49ers travel to Phoenix to take on the Cardinals. Cardinals, of course, off that big win in SoFi over the Rams. The only defeated team left in the NFL Cardinals are laying four and a half here in this spot with a total of 49. Are you taking a wait-and-see approach on the Cardinals to see how they deal with this prosperity of having beaten the Rams, or are you going to dive back in with them here and lay the point? I actually dove back in and took the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm worried that that underdog is becoming a little bit too popular. I don't want. I usually don't want to be on the popular underdogs, but if you look on the Arizona side, first and foremost, This is now a team that is the talk of the NFL. 4-0, they're kind of just left alone in the desert. They're doing their own thing. And now what happens is they have the eyes firmly planted on them. This is when all the pregame shows, all the weekly shows, all the media come in and want interview time. Hey, we want to talk to Kyler Murray. Hey, we want to talk to J.J. Watt. We want to talk to Cliff Kingsbury. And now all of a sudden you got spotlight on you. And when you're a team that's not used to handling that, you do worry a little bit about about that. I think that is cause for concern. And then when you look at San Francisco, keep in mind, this team, even though they lost last week, they did double Seattle in yards. Now, maybe that's like, okay, we saw Seattle last night and they're not that good. But nevertheless, I, I thought that San Francisco probably deserved a better fate. We'll see how Trey Lance does now that he's going to be the man. You know, this is what people wanted. 
out there in the Bay Area. And I think Kyle Shanahan maybe with a week to prep, because usually I wouldn't want to take a rookie quarterback in his first road start. But with a week to prep, he can get some design runs, get him on the move, make Arizona tackle in space, which they sometimes really struggle to do. Do you take much away from Shanahan's comments after the game that Trey Lance looks like a backup quarterback? I think he's telling the truth. <laughs> and, and I talked about that with Michael Lombardi this morning on the Lombardi line. Mm-hmm. You can kind of see those things. And you see it with some of these other quarterbacks, too, these other first-round picks where it's like, okay, they're going to give you those wow moments. Now, that was a busted coverage of Debo Samuel, but it was still a nice deep ball that he got him down the field for a touchdown. But there are going to be times where Lance is going to deal with accuracy issues. He was only 9 of 18. And that's what you have to do with a guy like him and Chicago with Justin Fields. You can't have him stand back there in the pocket like Peyton Manning when he was a rookie because that's what he's going to do. He's going to try to, you know, pick you apart in the secondary. Those guys aren't ready to do that because they're just not as accurate. But I think they got to get Trey Lance on the move. They got to get Arizona to try to tackle in space. I think the 49ers are very good at running the ball. So I did take five and a half. It's now down to four and a half or five. So it is becoming a fairly popular underdog. But this is, a, I think, a tough spot for Arizona, but they could prove us all wrong. The NFL takes their first trip to London. Not Wembley, but Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Right. 6.30 Pacific time on Sunday for the huge matchup between the Jets and the Falcons. Falcons are laying a field goal in this spot, West 45 and a half. No Ridley, no Gage. Do the Falcons have enough offense to contend with a Jets defense that is not a bottom-tier defense? Mm-hmm. This is a decent defense. Is three too much in this spot? We see two and a half in some spots. Also, would you be interested in teasing the Jets past the, the, the three and the seven? Yeah, and you're student. right about the Jets' defense, and I did play them last week. This was before yeah. Tennessee had A.J. Brown and Julio Jones out. I was like, this is just a pretty good spot for the Jets. They got shut out. Nobody's going to want them. It turns out the market absolutely wanted them. It closed at five we, and a half. We took, we took nothing but Jets' money Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think when everybody realized yeah. those injuries, but I like the spot for them anyway. And probably the way I would play this, Mike, is a teaser at this standpoint. I don't know if three is enough for me to take the Jets, but they may have some confidence now where it's like, hey, we got to win here. And sometimes you can carry that over to the next game. And what you said about the Falcons is absolutely true. This is going to be Kyle Pitts' show. If you like Kyle Pitts and you have him on your your fantasy lineup or whatever it is, he's going to get a lot of targets here. And then Cordell Patterson has really been their best player. Guy in the short passing game. Get him on those end arounds and those reverses. He's really kind of helped the running game. Of course, we know what he does as a kick returner. So probably what I'm going to do with this is use this as a teaser option. After an impressive victory in Atlanta in week one, the Eagles have dropped three straight. Carolina started out 3-0, and got beat in Dallas at Jerry World last week, although they did rally in the second half. Wes, this number was four and a half at the opener, and we've seen Eagles money. It's down to three. I bet it at three yesterday. Are you worried about the line movement here? Who do you like in this? I initially did like the Eagles, but now I'm kind of thinking about it here because I do think the Panthers' defense, which I I think is legitimately improved, they finally like played a real offense Mm -hmm. last week in Dallas, and Dallas scored 36 points on them. I think the Eagles can absolutely move the ball on this team, and and this is – I think at least an above-average offense that Nick Sirianni has, even though they have Jalen Hurts, who's only in his second year in the league. But you worry about that Eagles defense, too. They allowed 40 or more points in back-to-back weeks for the first time in 55 years. And I I had Kansas City, and that was kind of a public play on the road last week, but they couldn't stop Kansas City. Kansas City only stopped themselves. Mahomes threw a bad interception, and you know sometimes he gets a little crazy and throws it underhanded and whatnot, but... Philadelphia, I think Carolina has the big coaching edge here with Matt Rule. This is a team I bet on their season wins over 
this year. And I know they lost uh, last week. Sam Darnold had two interceptions. He had not really turned it over all season. But I still am high on this Carolina team. But probably what I'm going to do is maybe use the Eagles in a teaser upwards because I feel like I missed a good number. Can you trust a team like the Eagles that refuses to run the football and is so one-dimensional? I mean, they have the quarterback yeah. who, who whose best asset really is mm -hmm. the fact that he has some mobility and he has some toughness, right? He's not the most accurate passer, but they just won't hand the ball off to their running back. No, they won't. I don't think they trust that offensive <laughs> line either. Recall last week, they had four starters out on the mm -hmm. offensive line and you really saw no market movement because the Chiefs hadn't covered a game. What were they like on a 112 and yep. 1 ATS run? And it's like, okay, that's where I want them. If they can't beat this team without their four starting offensive linemen, then there's definitely problems. Titans were banged up in New York last week. They get one receiver back. They travel to Jacksonville to play the winless Jaguars. Obviously, all the off-the-field distractions with Urban Meyer, comments from the owner, comments from uh, the players about how they feel about their head coach. This number's at four and a half. Some places have gone down to four. Are you on the dog in this spot? I am, and, and we might have to get into this more, a little bit more detail because I know we're up <laughs> against it, but... I understand why everybody's fading Jacksonville, because I guess why wouldn't you? The coach didn't even travel on the flight back with his team, which is like unprecedented in the National Football League. Never has happened. I saw all these beat writers saying, I've been covering this league 25 years, it never happens. But sometimes you get players where it's like, you know what? To hell with this guy. They obviously don't respect this coach. To hell with this guy. We're going to go ahead and play for ourselves. And this Tennessee, you look at that injury report. Keep an update on that. This is an absolute mash unit right now. Last week, Amal Shaw had 13 weekend plays. He's only given us one so far. After the break, he's going to call in and give us the rundown of Amal in. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of Odds On is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen is working to create a world where you can enjoy life on your own terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a smoke-free, spit-free, and hassle-free tobacco alternative that can be enjoyed on the go, anywhere, and anytime, so you never miss a minute of the game or the tailgate party. Available in 10 varieties, including spearmint, coffee, and our guest Amal Shaw's favorite, citrus. Zen can be found at convenience stores nationwide, so you can find your Zen wherever you are. Zen's nicotine pouches are clean and discreet with no lingering smell. Plus, it's easy to use indoors or out, making it the perfect complement to your everyday. Also, Zen comes in two strengths, so you have control over your nicotine satisfaction. Zen contains nicotine and is only for adult nicotine consumers 21+. plus. Learn more and find your local retailer at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back to Odds On. Mike Palm, Wes Reynolds sitting in for Amal Shaw, and we have the pleasure of having co-host of Odds On, Amal Shaw on the line. Good morning, Amal. How are you? I'm doing well, gentlemen. How are you? I know all of our regular listeners dying to know your weekend plays. We only heard about one of them yesterday. That was in the Red River. You like Oklahoma. You laid the three points. Let's go stay in Texas and go to College Station where St. Nick takes on Jimbo. Alabama lane up to 18 now. You have a play on this game. Yeah, I like the first half in this game, 11. I look at this A&M offense, leaves a lot to be desired. I think Alabama should be able to move the ball at will. Bryce Young's been tremendous. I just don't think, Mike, as we've talked about a lot, uh, A&M, by the way, I hate to hit a uh, rag on our guy, Tom Hart. A&M, I told you, was not winning the SEC, and they're not winning the SEC. I think Alabama puts it to them in the first half. They score somewhere between 21 and 28 points. I like the Crimson Tide to move the ball, despite how good A&M's defense has been for parts of this season. Yeah, every year we kind of seem to buy in the Jimbo where it's like, this is the year, this is the year. They've got a great recruiting class. Well, so does Alabama. So I can't argue with the first half. I'm on the under in that game. But the big game of the week, though, Amal, even though uh, college game day is not going there, they're going to the Red River rivalry for like the 10th time. It is in the Big Ten, Penn State against Iowa. We have seen under money, not surprisingly, in this game. But 
I, you know, I have not bet this game, but I think we're kind of going to be on the same line here. It's like, eventually, when you got two good defenses, you just go with the better team with the better playmakers, and I think that's what you've done here. Yeah, I think Penn State, when you look at it, to me, both of these teams are very good, but if Penn State had an upper echelon quarterback, I think there would be a legitimate shot to win the national title. I love their defense. We know Iowa's got a very good defense as well. But to me, I give a slight edge to Sean Clifford over uh, Spencer Petrus in this matchup. The other thing is offensively, Jahan Dotson is the best player on the field. I think mm-hmm. this Penn State defense will force Iowa into long, third and long passing situations. I'm just not convinced they're going to be able to get it done. And then one other thing, remember last year, Penn State got embarrassed at home. Revenge spot here. They had four turnovers in that game, got outscored by 20 points, 41-21. I think the Nittany Lions bounce back on the road, and they go undefeated into Columbus into October 30th. Amal, let's switch the focus to your favorite conference, the Pac-12. Jonathan Smith may be building something special here with Oregon State. They go into USC in the Coliseum and win that game. Come back, no letdown. Uh, Hang on to win against Jimmy Lake's Washington team. Now they go north to the Palouse to take on Washington State. They're laying a little bit more than a field goal here. Yeah, I like this Oregon State team. Had an impressive win against a good Washington defense. And Washington hasn't given up 35 points in a game in almost six years. And we still saw Oregon State, despite them having 27, they were able to move the ball. B.J. Baylor has been probably the most underrated running back in college football. I just don't think enough people are talking about what he's been able to do so far this year. Mike, he's been tremendous. I, I think you lean towards Oregon State as well here with me. I like them in this game to cover three and a half. Nick Rolovich's team, they're inconsistent. I don't like Washington State. I like Oregon State despite being on the road. I'm all we'll stick in the pack here with USC and Utah. And look, a uh, lot of adversity for both of these teams. On the Utah side, quarterback quits a team. They had another tragic player death. USC's obviously fired Clay Helton. They kind of seem like to be a Jekyll and Hyde team. They're laying a field goal on the road, and you like the Trojans here. I do. Uh, I think USC, despite their hiccups so far this year, Utah has been up and down. Uh, to me, they've been inconsistent. You referenced, uh, Wes, the Charlie Brewer uh, decision to leave the football program. Boy, that's a guy I want to hire in the future. Uh, one day, as soon as things go awry, he gets out of there quicker than, he, uh, than anybody. It's like he robbed a bank. You know, Cameron Rising's been decent, but I still think that uh, Slovis and company uh, get the W at home. I think they're going to have a hard time shutting down Drake London, who's been unbelievable. You know, everyone talks about Olave and Wilson as the top receivers, but I think you put Drake Lunder right, right at the top of the list when you look in college football. I like the Trojans in the short price, and Utah has traditionally struggled in Los Angeles against USC. We're speaking with Amal Shaw, co-host of Odds On. You can catch him on many other VEASAN programs as well as along with Coach Rick Neuheisel Weekly on his radio program. Amal Notre Dame suffers their first defeat last week at home to Cincinnati. They have to go into a tough environment in Lane Stadium to take on the Hokies. Virginia Tech looked great at home against North Carolina in week one. This line has gone back a little bit back and forth. We've seen it a pick. Some places, Notre Dame back to being a favorite of one point here. I think you like the home side. I do. And by the way, why stop at one loss? Let's go ahead and give Notre Dame two losses. Back-to-back difficult games against Wisconsin, against Cincinnati. Now you've got a team in Virginia Tech, Mike, coming off of a bye. Great opportunity for them. An important game for Justin Fuente to get things continuing going on the right track for them long-term. Remember, they shut down Sam Howell in week one. I don't think Jack Cohen is going to be mistaken for Sam Howell anytime soon. I like this team, and I think Burmeister plays well enough to get the W here. I think Virginia Tech on this cheap price at home gets the W. Amal, do you like the total in this game at all, sitting at 47? Um, I'm not going to touch it, but I would lean towards the under, Mike. It seems a little bit high for me. And again, college football, you guys both know this, Wes and you. 
turnover here, a kickoff return. You know, you just get some of those bigger plays in college that you just don't wind up with in the NFL. I'm all going to the Big Ten, your alma mater, the Ohio State Buckeyes hosting Maryland. Look, market came in on Maryland on Friday night last week. Seven turnovers later, Maryland loses by 37, also loses Dante Demas, their star wide receiver. But Ohio State, they get a big win at Rutgers. Are the Buckeyes back? Greg Schiano seemed to think so in his postgame press conference. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, the thing, it wasn't about how well they played offensively. To me, it was about the ball placement by C.J. Stroud West. I thought he was tremendous in terms of hitting Wilson and Olave in stride. We saw Rucker with a touchdown as well. And they've got Travion Henderson, who's kind of an afterthought on this offense, but he's about as good of a running back as outside of anyone named, not named Bijan Robinson. So I like Ohio State in the first half here, laying at 11 and a half. I think they're going to score about 28 in the first half against this Terrapins team. I don't think Maryland's going to be able to keep pace. I'm not buying Ohio State's defense yet but I think it'll be sufficient enough against this Maryland team to get enough stops. I think Ohio State covers the first half. Amal, we talked about this game yesterday. It goes tonight. Charlotte against uh, Florida International here. Charlotte, not great. You had a bet on them at the over with Illinois last week. It didn't get there. They're laying three and a half on the road here. Are you comfortable with that number? Uh, I am. Florida International has really struggled. I think it's a good opportunity for the 49ers. Uh, they, they didn't play particularly well on offense against Illinois, but I think that's an upgrade from a defensive standpoint compared to what you're going to see out of the Panthers. I like Charlotte here uh, laying the three and a half to cover the number, Mike. And now we get to the main event of the Saturday football card. It is not Penn State at Iowa. It is not Oklahoma at Texas. It is this matchup. UConn against UMass. It is 0-6 and 0-5. College game day absolutely should have been there for this one. Uh, UConn and UMass. And what I've seen in this game, I have not bet this yet at all, but about every syndicate that I've seen is on the over in this spot. UConn looked like they were going to get one in Nashville against Vanderbilt. You think they get their first one here this week? I do. UMass has really struggled. This team can't really, uh, score. I mean, I know they put up 21 points in the third quarter against BC. They were somewhat competitive against Eastern Michigan, but I think Connecticut has shown a bit of a pulse. Um, but they, in the last two games, they put up 10 points the Minutemen have. You know, week one against Pittsburgh, they only managed seven points. Look, I'm not going to sit there and act like UConn's a world beater, but the reality of it is I think they have a little bit more there than we saw out of UMass. Losing both games in heartbreaking style by a combined four points the last two weeks for the Huskies. I think the Huskies get it done. They go up to the Mullen Center. No, I'm kidding. It would be great for a basketball game up there. <laughs> but I like uh, UConn to win this game. Yeah, we need Calipari and uh, Calhoun back to spice up this exactly. rivalry. But I'll give some numbers on this, by the way. UMass is dead last in the country. I mean, you look at yards per game difference, I think it's 247.8. UConn not far ahead at minus 192.3. This is an absolute clash of the Titans up there in Amherst. Well, look, you know, UConn couldn't have looked worse the first three weeks, but then they push Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Last week it was 14. They were getting at Vandy, and I'm also they probably should be 17. They're right in that game, like you said, could have won yeah. that game. So maybe they're starting to. They're on the improve here against a dreadful UMass team. Amal, you have the bet on the Rams to go to the Super Bowl. They racked up almost 500 yards last night, four and one, and they have a, a schedule coming up where they might be eight and one heading into their bye. How confident are you in the Rams? And do you think they're going to get the one seed in the NFC? Well. I, I still believe they're going to win the division. I think they have a huge advantage to get that one seed because of the win over Tampa. But again, they're in a more challenging division than Green Bay and, of course, the Buccaneers. I still like their chance with Matthew Stafford. You know, it was funny. I was watching that game intermittently yesterday, and Stafford was uh, throwing some incompletions along the way, but at the end of the night, he still had very good stats. 
I think this team's got a great chance as long as the defense is there. He sure did. All right, Amal, thank you for your time. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you back on Odds On on Monday. Thanks, guys. All right, when we come back, we're going to take a look at Major League Baseball playoffs. What a great day, Wes. We have four games here on a Friday. I love it. I love this time of the year. Football, baseball, hockey's going to start on Tuesday. That's up next on Odds On. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. The NHL season is almost here, and our hockey betting experts are ready for all the action. The VSIN Hockey Betting Guide is now available with strategies and best bets for the season ahead. Get in depth analysis from our hockey experts with predictions for teams and players, win totals, daily betting tips, as well as season long trends to watch. The guide is a must have and key insights and data for both avid hockey bettors. And those new to the sport, give yourself an edge this season. Get your digital copy now. It's only $9.99. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back into Odds On. This is Mike Palm with Wes Reynolds, uh, pinch hitting for Amal Shaw. And speaking of pinch hitting, game two of the ALDS, White Sox at the Astros are underway. Get a play on this game today, Wes, that you gave out earlier on. Yeah, I did play the White Sox. I also played the over on this game. White Sox had a chance to do a lot more damage in the first inning, only come away with one run. But... You've got Valdez out there, a little bit of a soft-tossing lefty, more of a sinker ball guy, obviously trying to induce ground balls. But the White Sox, I think, can really hit his off-speed stop. This is one of the best-hitting teams against left-handed pitching in the league. So it's like I'm getting a really good left-handed hitting team uh, or against left-handed pitchers as an underdog. I have to take that right now. And uh, Lucas Giolito trying to retire to side one, two, three. First two guys sent down packing. Uh, White Sox at one time, I think they had won 15 straight games against starting yeah. left-handers. And so to your point, excellent. Just like the advantage yesterday was with Houston, best hitting team against fastballs. Lance Lane going to throw nothing but fastballs. Yeah. Advantage with the White Sox today, and you got them at a plus price. Uh, here's a really good pitching matchup in Milwaukee in the second game today. Uh, Charlie Morton goes for the Braves against uh, Burns for the Brewers. Cy Young candidate for the Brewers, Corbin Burns, who had started out the year with 40 strikeouts against mm-hmm. Against no walks. Although, Burns had a start uh, in Atlanta this year where he only went four innings, nine hits, five earned runs in that game. They ended up winning that game against Tusi Tuswant, but he was not sharp. Morton one start against the Brewers this year. Uh, six innings, two earned runs. Lost that game to Brett Anderson. Two to one. Burns, a little bit of a high price today, I thought. Minus 155. Get back 135 on Morton in the low total of seven. Yeah, this may be an end game for me because I do like the Brewers. I think that's the value for the World Series if you want to bet that at 8-1 to one right now. But I don't want to go against Charlie, my favorite Morton. He is one of my favorite pitchers actually to bet, and he's cashed me a lot of tickets from his days in Tampa and now on to Atlanta. If you look at the Braves the second half of the year, everybody thinks that their resurgence was just kind of offensive-based. Not really so. They had the third-best staff ERA in all of baseball in the second half of the season. 324 is in the bullpen. The bullpen, those were kind of the underrated moves at the deadline when they really upgraded that bullpen. Uh, Matzak getting a lot of holds. A.J. Minter has figured it out. Luke Jackson has looked at times dominant in the second half of the season. So, yeah, I do think this is a high number. I want to see maybe I'll get involved with the Braves, like if the Brewers get a run in the first inning and it's one nothing, then all of a sudden I'm taking – you know, just a little bit below $2, that might be where I would go here. But no play in terms of the actual uh, game one of the series here. But I do like the Brewers for this World Series. 
The only future ticket I have right now is what I bet about three weeks ago. I bet the Brewers plus 350 to win the National League. Mm-hmm. I, I like them against the Braves in this series. And if the Giants beat the Dodgers, I mean, it's going to be, I think it's, it, they will, won't be much of a dog where right. you can get value if right. you want to take the Giants in that series and lock in a winner. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this The Brewers are kind of the team, I think. It sounds ridiculous to say, but it's like nobody's really talking about them. Everybody's talking about Dodgers, Giants, like, oh, this is for the National League pennant here. You know, this is a series just discounting these other two teams. And, you know, obviously the Rays getting a lot of hype in the American League, and rightfully so. But I think the Brewers are really the team to watch. I think even though uh, the the one reliever is down, they have Boxberger back there, and they have Lauer back there. So they've got enough back there to get to Josh Hader. Good night last night, I thought, for the Rays and the fact they win 5 nothing. But also the Red Sox use both Rodriguez and Pavetta, two of their starters, right? Mm-hmm. Now they come back with Sale. Obviously, short season for Sale off the injury. Only really came back mid-August here. Did have two starts against the Rays this year. Uh, one start was very good. He won 3-2. to two. He went six innings, two earned, only two hits. The other start, not so good. Only went two, ten, uh, three and two-thirds, gave up ten hits and five earned runs in that game. Going up against Shane Baz, you know, mm-hmm. obviously a rookie uh, for the Rays here, but you know they do it by committee. Yes. The Rays in this spot. He interested at all in sale at even money today and at the drop. Yeah, you know, not necessarily so. I have mm-hmm. not bet this game as of yet. But the one thing about Tampa Bay too, they are loaded in the bullpen. They did not use very much out of that bullpen yesterday. They absolutely did not have to. I know the Red Sox. What was it in the seventh or the eighth where they did load the bases up? got out of the jam, and then it was pretty much all she wrote. You know, with Baz, it's a short sample size, but he's had three starts late in the season. He's gotten 32 swinging strikes. That's like that's a lot for a, a new guy like that, especially, you know, first time ever really seeing the guy. Opposing batters hitting just 130 against this guy. So I know it's tough with the short sample size to be a believer in this guy, but I think the market is a believer in this guy right now. I'm seeing 140 on the board, I think, right here at Circus Sports. Minus 140 currently on the Tampa Bay Rays. And the Red Sox offense can be very inconsistent. They can mash, but they can also go down very quietly like they did last night. And then the big game in San Francisco tonight, game one of the National League Division Series. Most wins ever between two teams, 107, 106. First time Giants and Dodgers ever met in the postseason. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the times they met in the 50 and 60, 53 and 61, that was a tie when you only had one team representing a league, a three-game Three-game playoff, but not officially a playoff matchup. Walker Bueller, Logan Webb, Bueller, a small road favorite here, minus a dollar twenty, total of seven and a half. We remember that Sunday night game when the Dodgers could have tied the Giants, and Bueller got roughed up, gave up six yeah. six runs um, in, in that start in uh, only three innings, seven hits, his worst start of the year here. Do you believe that the Dodgers are the best team here? And they're worth of worth a play at a, at a as a low favorite here, or you continue to believe in the Giants and Logan Webb. Well, this might end up being kind of a trade out series for me in terms of the adjusted prices. Mm-hmm. When a team goes down, take the underdog, take the value here. But look, the Giants are getting the money here in Game One for the market, and you don't ever see Walker Bueller hardly ever get fade. Sixteen and four, two forty seven ERA, three fifty seven xFIP. 199 batting average against him. That's the second lowest of any starter in the National League. We go back to last year's World Series and the playoffs in general. Five starts, 180 ERA, gave up five runs in just 25 innings. LA won four of his five starts, and he's getting faded in the market. So now here comes the belief in the Giants. Everybody all year was like, okay, the Giants are going to fade. They can't hold this up. Gausman and Dace Clefani and Webb 
and these guys can't hold up, and they absolutely held up and won the division. But I do think the Dodgers are the better team. It is a huge blow to lose Max Muncy, who's probably not coming back at any time this series. But this is probably one, Mike, I'm going to try to trade out in between games. All right, I want to touch on a couple college football games, uh, and then we'll run the board in the NFL, the rest of the games we haven't talked about in the last segment. Interesting matchup here in Oxford. Two teams that suffered very crushing defeats to Alabama and Georgia, respectively, last week. Arkansas just had no shot of really moving the football against that Georgia defensive line and got shut out. Old Miss put up 50 on Nick last year. They really got shut down this year in Tuscaloosa. Now they come back off the disappointment and meet in Oxford. This number was six. We're seeing a little bit of Arkansas money. Old Miss, five and a half, a total of 67. I was hoping that number would get driven up to seven and I would come in on the Razorbacks. And look, both these teams were kind of the public underdogs last week, and we know public underdogs, sometimes they go to slaughter when too many people are on them. And, you know, Georgia and Alabama just basically proved it's us and everybody else, really, not only in the SEC but in college football. But I like the job Sam Pittman has done at Arkansas. I think this is a good defense. They can run the ball. I wanted to get seven. I'm probably not going to get my number, so I'm going to stay out of it. I understand why people are going on Ole Miss because they made it cosmetically more competitive in the second half, whereas Arkansas, so no life at all. Wes, William Hill has a prop to win the national championship. Alabama-Arkansas versus the field. Minus 240 on Alabama-Arkansas, plus $2 on the field. Are you interested in that prop? Yeah, it's probably priced in there, yeah. because I do think Alabama-Georgia are going to likely meet in the SEC championship game. Now, they both have roadblocks, potentially. Maybe Florida knocks off Georgia in the cocktail party. But I think if both those teams get to Atlanta, that's two of the four playoff spots spoken for immediately. And and I hope, if you make this bet, you have to hope if that happens, one's a one seed and one's a three seed so that you can get both of them to the title game. Right, (laughs) exactly. So that's where the jockey in a position is going to be. It's like, okay, has Cincinnati, if they run the table, have they proven enough where they're going to get one of the top four spots? Is one of the Big Ten teams going to get a top four spot? And then all of a sudden left out in the cold might be Oklahoma. Yeah, I think Oklahoma has to go undefeated. Yeah. Just because the, the, the margin of their victories and how they've looked on the field, they have not really been impressive. If, our, if uh, Alabama played Georgia on a neutral today, what do you make the number? In the SEC championship game, I would probably make it around six. Really? Six and a half. Because I think Alabama's the more proven commodity. So I think it's like Alabama would get the action because Georgia, it's like Kirby Smart has never come up big against Nick Saban. They haven't won the national championship or a playoff game down there. So I think Alabama may be close to a touchdown. After that, I think that'd be too much. I think the number would, I think what the real number would be is probably two and a half or three, actually. I think that Georgia's this good. But the recency of it in Alabama having mm-hmm. done it time mm-hmm. and time and time again and against Kirby. No, if they give point. me a touchdown, I will yeah. absolutely uh, take the Bulldogs. Yeah, I, I hear you there. Uh, real quick, uh, and I'm going to touch on this game, Wyoming Air Force. Air Force lane five in this spot. Uh, are you interested in the home side? I uh, would lean a little bit Wyoming Air Force yep. and, and one team, the team they played actually last week. I'm going to be on this week. Air Force ran for over 400 yards on New Mexico last week, yep. so they are uh, right in midseason form. All right, when we come back, we're going to have the playbook. Reynolds wraps, and we'll run the rest of the NFL board. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. We've already got the Chicago, Detroit, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh city cast up and running. And also check out the brand new Los Angeles, LA city cast with Danielle Alvari. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. Sitting in for a mall is Wes Reynolds. 
And we're going to go to this portion of the show where we give our picks, and we call it Reynolds Wrap. Let's start with you, Wes. We were deciding between Reynolds Wraps and uh, West Side Stories, which Britton Hess, our distinguished producer, pointed out. I was like, I kind of like that, but I think they both work and uh, serve a purpose. So uh, (laughs) already talked about a little bit of the baseball here, and obviously White Sox Astros underway. So in-game really is the only option there. And then I have Brewers uh, plus 800. I thought they were the value to win the World Series. Uh, We'll go with a little bit of NFL, and we already talked about one of them, Mike. I took five and a half with the 49ers against the Cardinals. I do worry that that could be getting a little bit too popular, but nevertheless, 49ers, I thought that was a big number. I think Arizona now, this is kind of the danger spot where it's like, okay, we prove we belong here. Now do you get that sense of complacency against a 2-2 two and two team that risks falling behind the division about over two games? So I like the Niners in the spot. And you know what? Somebody's got to do it. I've got to be the moron that goes ahead and plays this. I'm going to play the Jacksonville Jaguars at four and a half over the Tennessee Titans. And I understand why people like Tennessee, because obviously all the dissension within the ranks with Urban Meyer and, you know, the team and the fact that he doesn't sound like he has the respect of the locker room, if you believe a lot of these NFL insiders in terms of the sources within the team. But Sometimes guys can rally like just for themselves. Like they're not going to rally for their coach. I don't think they give two you know what's about Urban Meyer right now after he doesn't take the time to fly home with the team off that tough loss on Thursday night to Cincinnati. But this Tennessee Titans team is an absolute mass unit just looking at their injuries. Now, A.J. Brown looks like he is going to be back, but I don't know if that's going to be enough. They are all kind of banged up on the offensive line. They're all kind of banged up on the defense. By the way, Julio Jones has been ruled out already. So you've got a really banged up team. Jacksonville has their injuries too, but I don't know if I really, I don't like this Tennessee team. That's why I think the Colts are very live in the AFC South. So Jaguars plus four and a half dolphins and bucks over 47 and a half. Uh, Tampa Bay did not look great offensively against New England last week. I think they're going to look a lot better this week. And also uh, Miami, you know, Jacoby Brissett, two bad games, but he maybe could get a little healthy and give this over something because Tampa Bay is all kind of banged up in the secondary. I believe they've had three starters out all week. One of them, Dean, got upgraded, but they are banged up. They're going to give up some plays in the passing game. And then Temple. You like Temple both first half and game over Cincinnati. Catching 17 first half and 29 and a half for the game. Yeah, and it, you can get a little bit better now. So I've got 17 and a half and there's a 30 out there. What I'm trying to do is trying to see if I can get that first half home and then uh, kind of do what I call like a little hedge middle here where it's like, okay, I'm going to buy out for the second half and take the Bearcats depending on the game flow because we kind of saw that with the Bearcats earlier this year. Remember that game against Murray State where it was tied at seven at the half? And then all of a sudden, Cincinnati just got away from him. Temple's got a little bit of confidence right now. They're 3-2. and two. Dewan Mathis, who is a four-star recruit to University of Georgia, started a game for the Bulldogs last year, has got a little bit of confidence. This is not, I don't think, a really good team, but this is not the same team that Rutgers just beat the hell out of in week one. So Temple, maybe a little bit of a dead spot for Cincinnati off winning at Notre Dame. They got UCF, who's kind of their conference rival in that American coming in. So Temple there, another ugly underdog. And this fits into like three scenarios this week, Mike. When you get a team that has not been ranked all year and they finally get ranked in that top 25, it's like there's that sense of accomplishment. You're sticking your chest out here. And there's three teams in that scenario this week. Kentucky, who will be playing LSU. And by the way, LSU seeing the money. There's also uh, uh, SMU, who goes on the road to Navy a little bit less than two touchdowns. 
And then there's the New Mexico Lobos at plus 19 and a half. And that line has not moved all week. A lot of connections in this game. We know Rocky Long used to be the coach at San Diego State. He is now the defensive coordinator at New Mexico for uh, his pupil, Danny Gonzalez, who is now the head coach. And Gonzalez was on that Aztec staff for seven years with Rocky Long. Brady Hoke is now the head coach at San Diego State. Brady Hoke actually came back to SDSU to be the defensive line coach in Rocky Long's last season before he resigned for the position. 19 and a half when a total in college football is about 41 and a half or 42. I think that's a lot of points. And San Diego State, despite the fact that they're getting Brookshire, their quarterback back, and also their running back, Greg Bell, and that line had moved all week. I think that's a big number. And then I think we might be oppo on this. Uh, I did take Syracuse plus the six. I actually took six and a half against Wake Forest. Syracuse, I, you know, I know they lost to Florida State last week, but that was pretty much a coin flip game. And I like what Dino Babers is doing. He is deciding, you know what, I'm going to slow the tempo down. I'm not going to go warp speed pace. We can't really throw the ball. So I'm going to run the ball with my zone read quarterback, Garrett Schrader. And I think Syracuse, they were getting seven at home to Liberty just two weeks ago on Friday night. Now they're only getting six. That's my point on this game. You mean to tell me if Wake Forest played Liberty on a neutral, it's a pick 'em? I I don't yeah, ag- yeah, I don't that, agree with that. No, and I understand that logic. That did kind of baffle yeah. me a little yeah. bit uh, of the fact that this line is so low. And I do like Dave Clawson. I think he's one of the more underrated coaches in America. He might be a top ten college coach. Right yeah, now. and he gets no love because no. <laughs> he's down there at Wake Forest, where you're not getting five and four star kids, yeah. where you're basically getting two and three star kids and saying, "Hey, run through a brick wall for me," and they go, "Okay, coach." Liberty ran into trouble. They were really one-dimensional there in the Carrier Dome that night. Mm-hmm. I think Wake Forest offense much better than Liberty. I think it's a tough game, but I thought less than a touchdown. It was worth a play as we switched to the playbook. That's a one-unit play for me. Let's start at the top. I'm going to take Walker Bueller. The Dodgers win when Walker Bueller's on the mound, notwithstanding, right. notwithstanding that outing in San Francisco on that Sunday. The, the, the Dodgers are 29-6 and six with Walker Bueller on the mound the mm-hmm. last two. I mean, they just win when he's on the bump. If Logan Webb beats me, he beats me. If he outpitches me, he outpitches me. It's okay. I have to. It's actually 120. I have to take this place. Bueller first five minus a dollar twenty here. I don't I thought the Dodgers bullpen pitched very well, but they used their bullpen in that wild card mm-hmm. game. And I know he didn't go two innings with you know with Trinan or he maybe he could have, but they used Kelly, they used Trinan. So they just used him two days ago, right? San Francisco's fresher. I want to limit this to Bueller yeah. versus Webb. I took thirteen with Stanford. I think it's too many here. Um Arizona State's played well. Um, but they're coming off a big win at the Rose Bowl there. They're really pumped up. Everybody says, oh, Stanford got lucky. That wasn't a pass interference. Well, it wasn't. Yeah, Oregon didn't have their offensive coordinator. They led that game by 10 for half the game, mm. remember, against Oregon. Oregon didn't do whatever they wanted to do there. They weren't able to run the ball as effectively as they have against other teams. I like the fact that David Shaw's getting a little bit out of his shell. He's going on fourth downs. He's throwing the ball. I, know. I think this is a close game. I mean, I'd make the number more like 11. I took the 13 here. I like Air Force. Go ahead. At this point, I would yeah. agree with you because I was on ASU last week against yeah. UCLA, and they looked really, really darn good. And I like them in the South Division. But this was nine and a half at some places on the opener. And now it's 13, 13 and a half. It's almost like you got to yeah. fade the move at that standpoint. Yeah. I like Air Force in this matchup. I mean, I think they blew that 11 point lead against Utah State in that game, and, and that hasn't really been flattered by Utah State's performance. I just think they're a very good offensive team. I think, you know, Wyoming's 4 and 0. Oh. 
and they could be one and three, right? I mean, remember, every remember, remember they were up huge against Northern Illinois, yeah. and Northern Illinois came back and took the lead before <laughs> Wyoming got a late score. Two, they've been trailing in, in the fourth quarter in three of their four wins and trailing with two minutes to go in two of the four wins. I mean, and we're life and death at UConn. I think Air Force is the better team here. I have to play the Panthers at three. I don't respect this Philadelphia team that refuses to run the football. Packers minus three. Maybe it's a square play. I took them at even money. Um, I don't know. People telling me the Bengals and Packers ran out evenly. This line is so fishy, though. I understand. And that's what's keeping me off of it because I was like, well, you know, I kind of like Cincinnati here Mm -hmm. because, you know, they're only getting three points from a Packer team that I didn't think looked that good against the Steelers. I thought it was a lot of it was the Steelers, which I was on last week that lost, didn't look very good. And also that offsides was a terrible call. It it really was. A Titans money line here. I think you're obligated for one unit. I laid $2.00 just because of all the distraction with Jacksonville. Tennessee's offense looked great. Is Missouri's defense really that bad? Uh, their defense isn't that good, but I think if Jeff Heupel gets this offense rolling over 56 in this game, is worth a play. Opposite with you with Wake Forest, Nebraska's defense is very good. Yes. This team is on the yes. I think they're the second-best team in the West behind Iowa, and that might be a key game at the end of the year on that Friday after Thanksgiving when they take Yeah, the and you're starting to see Nebraska supporting the market. Yeah. This was three and a half all week. Now it's like three. Yeah. If you look at some faraway places, it's also a week three, like Michigan yeah. minus three, minus 103 or something yeah. like that. I'm with them all here. I took Virginia Tech uh, plus the one at home. Real quick here, let's hit a couple of NFL games. Patriots, two linemen in the protocol. They go to Houston to play Davis Mills, eight and a half. Any interest in this game? Not really. I know the Patriots will be a popular teaser play, but the fact that it's moved down means I think the sportsbooks are like, okay, we're okay with that teaser liability. So small lean to the Texans. Amal said yesterday you have to consider using Steelers and Survivor this week. Do you agree with him? Not in Survivor. (laughs) I might consider betting them, but I bet them last week, and it did not go well for me. Uh, Ben just looks bad. And just looks tired. Any concern about uh, Baker Mayfield and the labrum in this game against the Chargers? A little bit, but I did tease the Browns up because they're the number one rushing offense in the league. San Diego, or San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers, 29th in rushing defense. Thanks to Wes Reynolds. Terrific job filling in. Stay tuned to VEASAN. Up next, betting across America. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. 
So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.